Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name is Jason. This is episode 318. How are you today? I, you know, I mean, we're going to stop right now. I want you to take a break. Pause this episode. I want you to go to your non-Spotify music streaming service of choice. And I want you to look up My Country by Randy Newman. And I want you to do this because it's an amazingly good song. And it needs to be heard sometimes. And uh, I'll tell you right up right up front, um, Randy Newman, not quite for everybody. I think you either love him or you hate him. I don't know if anybody's, you know, on the fence about him. But I think it's a great song. I've been listening to it a heck of a lot this week. And uh, I want you to hear it too. So go do that and come back. And welcome back. Hi, how are you? How was the song? Did you like it? I think it was pretty good. Uh, how you doing? Uh, we have all the usual departments because we don't have any special departments. I still haven't figured out how I'm gonna make that a uh, you Yahoo. Almost said YouTube. That Yahoo thing work. Still working on it. Still can't get it to do what I wanted to do. So it's the thing. Uh, this week we have got Lunar Silver Star Story complete. Yes, indeed. Brand new stuff over on the YouTube. We have streamed Death's Door over on Twitch. That should be up here on YouTube as you're watching this. Um, it is Thursday if you're listening to this once again on the day it was released, which means we have a Minecraft stream on Twitch tonight. Those videos will be going up on Saturday and uh, Friday. We got absolutely nothing. I get a day off once in a while These with the new um, schedule. It's kind of nice. Don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I'm going to do something. You guys ready for that big game? I think there's gonna be a sports team and they're gonna play the sports ball. And then the team that scores the most points probably gonna win.
The Destroyer is back. Amazing graphics, spellbinding music, 100% action adventure, all taking place in a universe of ghouls and furies. Dive into the dream or the nightmare. It's the back of the box for ActRaiser 2. Not nearly as good as the back of box for ActRaiser 1, but then ActRaiser 2 isn't nearly as good as ActRaiser 1. Developed by Quintet, published by Enix for the Super Nintendo in 1993, ActRaiser 2 is, I think, maybe a prequel? Sequel? I'm not 100% sure which. It, it's similar to ActRaiser, but it does without the whole simulation thing and has made combat way more complicated. The graphics are fantastic. The music is really good. But everything else, eh, it's just not as fun, man. It, it took out a lot of what made it fun for me and made it not so fun. But it's still eight episodes. I cheated a lot. And um, yeah, if you want to watch it, I encourage you to do so. Let it be over at uh, YouTube. If you look up Jason's Groove Machine, let's play ActRaiser 2. Now you know. And speaking of ActRaiser 1, which we did last week, let's do it again this week. Because two's all you get. That's it, and then we're done. Um, tons! Tons of reviews for this game. And by tons, I mean uh, many. More than several, much more than a few. And uh, kind of mostly everybody's pretty cool with this, except for a couple of people. Um, we're going to read that one for sure, because it references the XFL why I wouldn't. Um, we have some of the usual contributors in here. Uh, flipping through the uh, list, I see Psycho Penguin, but he gave it a detailed review. We don't, we're not interested in detailed reviews around here. We got stuff to do. Xylo the Wolf gave it a detailed review. Let's do this. Psycho Penguin, uh, where'd you go? There you are. Gave it a 10. Xylo the Wolf, constant contributor, our favorite contributor, I think. Uh, gave it a 6. Um, Officil, please give. He gave it six. I'm surprised Xylo gave it that low. Uh, Xylo says, The best thing in this game is that you can kill all the humans in an earthquake and they still love you since you are God. 
period, period. <clears throat> but nope, we're gonna go with this feller, and we're gonna go with this feller, since he's also a returning contributor. But first, let's see what Weston Shelton had to say in 2006. Act Razor could have been great, he says. Four periods, just like the XFL, no period. You could have taken one of your four periods and put it at the end, and then everything would have been fine. For years, two questions have constantly been on my mind. Is there a god, and could a 2D platform strategy game actually work? Imagine my delight when I found out about a game where you play as a god in an action strategy game. Well, it's too bad you were looking for a platformer strategy game. It says so just above it. Finally, my problems were solved. But alas, this game action strategy combination didn't pan out at all. The action was too simplistic and easy, and calling the strategy portions strategy was a joke. Which is why the word strategy will be replaced with strategery uh, for the rest of this review. The game didn't even tell me the meaning of life or anything. I just wasted my time. I had just played Act Razor. Great concept? Check. Execution? Execution, not execution. That's a different thing. About as there as Zeus is real, he says. So what goes wrong with ActRaiser? Let's start with the action elements of the game. In short, they are poorly done. You simply walk around slashing enemies with your sword with no special attack moves outside of jumping and ducking. You'll find the lack of moves don't hurt your ability to beat a level much in the end, though, because this portion of the game is just flat out easy. Their health power-ups abound. You should find one every 30 to 40 seconds. Factor this in with enemies that do very limited damage to you when they hit you, including bosses, and foes that for the most part die with one slash, and you'll find this portion of the game child's play. It becomes even more so with magic. Magic just annihilates everything in its path. With most bosses, the strategy ends up being just to use your spells and win. That's simple. They really should have powered down the spells in the game and strengthened the bosses too. Not only are they weak, but their attack variety is about as large as your heroes. Not big. This guy, what was your name? I don't remember. Uh, Weston. Weston's a big fan of parentheses. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven paragraphs to his review. He has used parentheses one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Yeah, once, once per, uh, once per paragraph. We need to talk. Um, just as inadequate is the strategery part of the game. Uh, all of the sorry, I missed a sentence. All of this really makes the action elements completely unsatisfying. Just as inadequate is the strategery part of the game. This is because zero st strategy. Oh, I broke his own rule. Is involved. The gist of this portion of the game is to order your villagers, who totally worship you, to build stuff in a certain direction. You don't control what they build or anything like that. Everything is done automatically. They also don't always worship you. Once their buildings get to monster lairs that are scattered throughout each map section, the villagers will get rid of those lairs on their own, rinse and repeat until all the hideouts are gone. In the meantime, you'll be controlling an angel. With this angel, you'll go around shooting the monsters that come from these lairs in order to protect your villagers from them. So essentially, the strategy, he even put it in quotes that time and still got it wrong, the strategy section of the game is actually one of the worst action games you've ever played in your life. Floating around shooting enemies down just gets plain repetitive, especially as they keep coming and coming and you keep shooting and shooting. You get so bored you get into this unconscious kind of phase and keep repeating stuff and keep repeating stuff. It's so bad you'll be real anxious to get back to the below average action sections of the game. Pretty much the only thing they did right with Axe Razor is in the graphics. Well, they did it half right. He also likes to end sentences with parentheses. Not like Officeil with his parenthesis, comma, space, words, 
comma, however he does it. This guy, so pretty much the only thing that they did right in Xtraiser is in the graphics. Parenthesis, well, comma, they did it half right. Parenthesis, period. The action scenes look real nice, with very detailed character sprites and nice looking backgrounds and environments. The strategy section, on the other hand, looks pretty poor. Your angel looks nice, but all the enemies you're shooting down look bland, as do all the people on the ground at all the houses they are building. Just overall, everything in the strategy section is completely plain. In the end, Actraiser is just one of those things where you hear about it, you think it could be a great idea, but when you actually try it, you realize it sucks. Kind of like the movie You Got Served. What? That's what it says. Could there one day be a fantastic mix of action and strategy games? Yes. Is Actraiser this fantastic mix? Fantastic mix? No. For now, those genres stay apart. And the question to the answer of the meaning of life remains unknown. He gave it a three. Weston Shelton gave it a three. Um, we're just gonna, we're not even gonna touch that. Ain't even, ain't even so. So back in 2000, a promising first generation hybrid game for the Super Nintendo, says our good friend Fadoobu. Y'all remember Fadoobu? If you're not, well, Say hi to Fadubu. Actraiser is by all accounts a success, albeit on a small scale. A first generation game by Enix, makers of the ultra popular Dragon Warrior series, Actraiser is a far cry from the continent of Alephgard. It is part side scrolling action and part simulation. Think watered down SimCity. Assuming the role of the master of the world, you and your angel friends must intervene in the affairs of each land and encourage the growth of human life. Unfortunately, a baddie named Tanzra and his legion of demons are determined to prevent you from doing this. The war over humanity begins. And real quick, one, two, three, four, five, uh, five paragraphs. I'm not gonna count single sentences as paragraphs. Um, five paragraphs, and he used parentheses. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Eight times. I feel like I feel like everybody is doing everything wrong. Anyway, graphics. The action scenes look quite good with lush details and vibrant colors. The snakes in the pyramid levels are bright red and blue and look really cool for such insignificant enemies. Ah, so this is what the new 16-bit systems were for. He says in 2000. Also, the boss monsters look fearsome. Dig that minotaur. And the master who assumes the petrified body of a legendary hero looks very regal and strong. The sim scenes, on the other hand, which are viewed from above in your cloud palace, sacrifice much detail in order to display conceptual ideas. The landscapes have simplified symbols like small trees, shrubs, and water. The angel that you control in this mode looks kind of like an insect with a halo. Six out of ten. Sound, the sound in Actraiser is its most consistently strong aspect. The tunes are bombastic and adventurous. Adventurous, adventurous. The first forest level is particularly fantastic. That's Fillmore, you heard it last week. The sound effects, which range from a crisp whoosh of a swung sword to some nice explosion noises, are above average for an action. In The Sim, the background music is excellent. It sounds primitive and hopeful, with a hint of dread running through the whole thing. It does? I'm, I'm playing it back in my head. I don't hear any dread in that. When the people discover music, the tune is truly sorrowful and gripping. It is a treat to behold. Eight out of 10. 
Control, the game feature solid control. The action is simple for the SNES controller. It as it has buttons for attacking and jumping and a button used to cast powerful but limited magic. The sim is about the same in simplicity with a few basic menus that are easily navigated and attack button to eradicate monsters with the angel's arrows. Six out of 10. Gameplay. The gameplay is varied in this place to Axe Razor Streg Hits. Streg Hits. It's strengths, but it's Streg Hits. You must complete an action sequence before you start the sim section in each land. There are six total. Once you have defeated the boss at that level in typical side scrolling action, you assume the role of the angel, a being that helps fend off monsters and cast spells that can make the landscapes more hospitable to human life. You use the subscreens to direct in which direction you want the people to develop, and they can close monster dens by growing towards that area. This is simpler than it most likely sounds. Along the way, there are secrets to explore, so make sure that your people completely dominate their lands. As they grow, they will discover a civilization advances and grow crops, all of which are offered to you and help solve other dilemmas in the lands usually. After the monsters are cleared from the land, you must play through one more action sequence for each land in order to completely safeguard it and allow it to achieve its maximum potential. The game, plays, the game plays like this for all six areas, but it never gets totally stale because each area has unique problems that must be solved in different ways. There are plenty of secrets to discover and baddies to blast in, so the game keeps you busy. The only bad thing is that both modes of play are truly impeccable examples of their respective genres. The action mode is a little slow and the sim mode is a little too simplistic. They are well done, but the whole hybrid idea detracts from the quality overall. 5 out of 10. Story. The story is overdone, but the ability to foster the growth of mankind as a master figure certainly has its appeal. 6 out of 10. That's it. He Nobody has told us what the story is, how it's presented to you, how you progress through it. That's terrible review. Replay value. There's plenty to do here, but it's doubtful that ActRaiser will stand the test of your repeated plays. 5 out of 10. You're wrong, Fadubu. I hate to say it. Average 6 out of 10. ActRaiser is a solid first-gen game for the SNES. It does many things relatively well, but it doesn't sew anything superbly. I think he means it doesn't do. Except the music, which he said was consistently strong and fantastic. So the way the story gets fleshed out to you, you get you get like a plot dump at the beginning. Like, here's what happened, here's what you gotta do, go do it. And then at the very end of the game, you get like a, here's everything that happened. Let's remember the things we did. Good job. But in the middle, as you are interacting with your people and you are helping them grow and develop and, and advance, you're getting bits and pieces of story here and there. And they're telling you about how a child ran away and got lost in the woods, but you were able to find him, and, you know, things like that. And it's good stuff. Also, nobody mentioned in the two reviews we read that the better you can level up in this game, right? You have a very small health bar, you can level it up. You can find more magic, you can do all this other stuff. That's all done via the simulation. You have to do well in the simulation. You have to grow your property, your property, your population. Well, both, I guess. Because the more population you have, the more people believe in you, the more faith you get from those people, the stronger you become. That's what the simulation thing is all about. It's not just a secondary mode of gameplay. It's um, it's also it, it's also how you progress. You know what I mean? Anyway, I like Actraiser. I think the first one is definitely worth like an eight. 
could do some things better, yes, but it's also a very early Super Nintendo game. And for for that alone, since we like to, you know, grade things in their own time frame, um, it did a fantastic job. You're all here for the news, so let's just get into it. Our lead story this week is, wait, what? Clive Jones, he's 66. Wait a minute. We read this one last week. Hold on here. Why was that at the top? Is this a thing? I see. Okay. We have an editor's note. We're going to read the editor's note first. I apologize. Please take note of language and subject matter in the item titled Reefer Madness. Our lead story, my kingdom for an editor. Someone after my own heart. Queen Elizabeth II's Platinum Jubilee is celebrated this year and the souvenir producers are hard at work creating tchotchkes to commemorate it, but apparently not hard enough to, at work to proofread their copy. People Magazine reported that because of a translating error, error Carl Baxter, CEO of Wholesale Clearance UK, is trying to sell more than 10,000 pieces that trumpet the Queen's Platinum Jubbly. 
mugs, tea sets, and plates featuring an illustration of Elizabeth and her coat of arms. Baxter hopes to salvage $44,000 from the lot and says the buyer could make a potential profit of $400,000. The website suggests using the items for plate smashing contests or a dangerous game of frisbee. When, you, when Boris Johnson's your prime minister, you're just going to get this. Our least competent criminals. First rule of being a criminal? Keep up with car maintenance. On January 27th, police in New Kensington, Pennsylvania pulled over a Chevy Trax because its license plate light was burned out. Trib Live reported the driver, Ice Lamont Woods, I guess, 31, had an outstanding warrant from January 5th for criminal mischief, oh no, and disorderly conduct, also oh no, among other charges. I don't care. One of the pa pa one of the passengers, Raphael Angel Geiger, 30, he was wanted for a parole violation. And Don Lamont Carter, 26, allegedly tossed a bag with 29 grams of crack cocaine in it to a female passenger, asking her to tuck it. He was already wanted on a previous warrant. Birds of a feather, man. When police searched the vehicle, the bag of cocaine fell out of the woman's sweatshirt. She also had a crack pipe hidden in her bra. Geiger and Woods were taken into custody, and Carter was released on his own reconnaissance. Uh, he was already wanted on a previous warrant, though. It says so in the story. All right, here is our reefer madness. Um, I'm just going to browse through this. Harrowing ideal, three months, devastating effects, hitting a bong, psychosis, Okay, we're going to talk about dicks. We're going to talk about a dick in particular. So, I'm going to I'm going to count to 5. If you don't want to hear about dicks, now is your chance. Skip ahead maybe I'm going to give it 20 seconds. Maybe a little more. Okay? Okay. Here we go. Starting the timer now. Okay, now that the squares are gone. A 23-year, three-year-year, boy, God. Zenu, give me strength. A 23-year-old Thai man's harrowing ordeal was documented in late January in the Journal of Medical Case Reports, Gizmodo reported. Doctors at Chiang Mai University wrote that the young man, who had been a regular user of cannabis, but had stopped for three months, had resumed his habit with devastating effects. Two hours after hitting the bong, the man suffered a bout of psychosis and an unwanted, that's in quotes, erection, which prompted him to use scissors to, quote, trim the penile skin several times. However, he eventually, however, he went too far, eventually ending up with just an inch long stump. At the hospital, doctors stopped the bleeding and created a new opening for his urethra, but the penis was too damaged to be reattached. He was diagnosed with substance-induced psychotic disorder after two weeks of hospitalization and antipsychotic drugs. He reported no more symptoms. Now it's going to give it about five seconds. Wait for the others to catch up. <laughs> it's not going to be playing with the balloon animals anymore, I tell you that. The passing parade. Maybe it was just the prospect of one more day of notoriety, followed by 364 of boredom. But for Milltown Mel, it was curtains on January 30th. The New, L New York Daily News reported Mel, no relation to the better-known Punxsutawney Phil, was New Jersey's prognosticator of spring. And his untimely passing just three days before Groundhog Day left the Milton Wranglers without a replacement for their event, which was strangely scheduled for February 1st rather than February 2nd. The Wranglers did not report a cause of death for Mel. News to the Wranglers, you don't have to be dead to cast a shadow. 
So you just haul him out. You could weekend at Bernie's that for the five minutes. Anyway, here's a story about suspicions. On January 31st, a Rhode Island red hen was found wandering around a security checkpoint at the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia, the AP reported. The Animal Welfare League of Arlington was summoned, the AWLA, and one of their employees took the bird into custody. You're coming with me, bird. Chelsea Jones, a spokesperson for the group, said the hen was sweet and nervous. She's been adopted by a staff person who has a small farm in western Virginia. She's a Russian agent. Get her out of here. I read about it in a book. Armed and courteous, when a couple returned to their home in Santa Fe, New Mexico on January 30th, after a few days away, they were shocked to find a messy kitchen and a young man with an assault weapon inside, the Washington Post reported. But even more stunning was the intruder's behavior. He explained that his family in East Texas had been killed and he was on the run from someone. He told the husband that his car had broken down about 100 miles away. He was extremely embarrassed and apologetic about the situation, the husband told sheriff's officers. As he left, he dropped $200 on a table to help pay for the window he had broken to get in. None of the couple's items had been stolen, including jewelry that was left on a counter. But he had cooked some of their food, slept in a bed, and bathed in the master bathroom. Investigators figure he owed the couple $15 for beers and shrimp he consumed. Dude, where are you getting beer and shrimp for 15 bucks? Santa Fe? I'm moving. People with issues. Georgetown University's William Trainer, dean of the law school, met with a black student group on February 1st to hear their complaints about an incoming lecturer, Isla Shapiro, after he made comments about President Joe Biden's plans to replace Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. National Review reported that these students wanted to discuss a reparations package with Trainer, which included a designated place on campus to cry. Is there an office I can go to? One student asked. I don't know what it would look like, but if they want to cry, they need to break down. Where can they go? Because we're at the point where students are coming out of class to go to the bathroom to cry. Wait, what? What was that even about? Hold on. Any comments? Students want to discuss a reparation package with the dean. So they brought Shapiro in. Not the one I was thinking it was going to be. And he made some comments, but we don't know what those comments were. And that's that's not even a story, National Review. Not even a story. Get out of here. That's a terrible. That's terrible. And why did you do blacks in there? That didn't have to be in there. And you capitalized it. What is wrong with you? All I wanted was some steak, one customer is heard to say in a video of a brawl that broke out at Golden Corral in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania on January 28th, CBS Philly reported. Reports were unclear about what started the brawl, but employee Gavin Laulita, Laulita gave his account of the incident. There was a shortage of steak and two parties were involved and one family cut in front of another family and they were taking their time and they ran out of steak and got into a heated exchange at the tables, he said. Police said more than 40 people may have been involved in the melee, although no serious injuries were reported. What are we going to call it? We had the rumble in the jungle. We had the malice in the palace. We need a name. We need a name. Someone come up with one. Leave it in a comment. <clears throat> Unclear on the concept. As she waited to check out at Walmart in Crockett, Texas on January 13th, an unnamed woman was, was approached by a named woman. That woman was named Rebecca Lynette Taylor. She was 49, who began commenting on her son's blonde hair and blue eyes. She asked how much she could purchase him for, police reported. The mom thought Taylor was making a weird joke. 
But Taylor said she had $250,000 cash in her car, according to Messenger News. When the mom said no amount of money would be enough, Taylor increased her voice volume and her bid to $500,000 and told her she'd been wanting to buy a baby for a long time. Taylor was arrested on January 18th and charged with sale or purchase of a child, a third-degree felony. I believe that would be attempted purchase of a child since no purchase actually took place. I'm not, I'm not defending the lady and her actions, but... You know, she did not purchase a child. Did she? No. Final story of clowns. When Mark, he's 38, no last name, and his wife left for work one morning in January, their back garden in Belfast, Northern Ireland, looked just like it does any other day. But when the wife returned that afternoon, there was a concrete slab painted with a creepy clown face propped against the wall, the Belfast Telegraph reported. Someone would have had to come through our gate and down the steps to place it there and deliberately place it so it was facing the window so he would see it, Mark said. The clown was holding a lighted candle, and on the reverse, a Bible verse was inscribed. Let your light shine, Matthew 5.16. Mark contacted... Contacted? Mark contacted friends, neighbors, and family members to see if it was a prank, or if others had received a clown, but no one had experienced anything similar. He threw the clown away, but remains creeped out. It's so unsettling. If you're going to leave a clown with a Bible scripture at Mark's house, leave something out of the book of Mark, would you? It's a concrete slab and he threw it away. How? I've, tell me. I've, I have clown questions. I have clown-related queries. I found an episode title. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this episode of Electric Leftovers. Hope you enjoyed the show. I think it was pretty good. It wasn't our best work. 
not, not at all. Not even close. But, you know, we have done worse, and we felt worse about ourselves at the end of the day. Right? Right. It's the little victories. Baby steps. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, if you would like to leave us a rating and a review, that would be very cool of you as well. Might I suggest you use Podcast Republic to do so? It's a great app, free, much better than Spotify. Totally better than Spotify. And if you want to check out videos of any of the games we talked about here, which include ActRaiser 1 and 2, think about it, two games. You can do so at YouTube just by looking up Jason's Groove Machine. You can also find Jason's Groove Machine on Patreon if you would like to financially support the show and all of this nonsense because, uh, you know, it's not like anybody else is going to do it. You could be the one, the only one of probably a few. And if you uh, want to see some tweets, which, by the way, I, I have peaked on Twitter. I'm actually going to check it right now because I tweeted a thing and it's the best thing I ever tweeted. And everybody loves me now. And here's here's what... Let me see. Let me see. I, I, uh, the people. The people have been gracious. Uh, 2,600 retweet. 2,600 likes. 194 retweets. 87 comments. My best tweet ever. You're going to have to go look up at JasonGRVIN to find it. Maybe you care. Maybe you don't. I'm I'm happy about it because you know people have been telling me I won the internet, and that's a first. Anyway, I'll see you guys later. Take it easy.